I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, we're talking about what we know and what we don't know about the WNBA's 2020 season. show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w rachel's on here but we also got a special guest a friend of the show matt ellen tuck has joined to discuss with us what we know and what we don't know the known and the unknown about the WNBA's 2020 season as of today june 18th matt how's it going what's up man how are you yeah you know it's a weird world we live in and let's let's get to the w rachel how you doing i'm good i'm i'm happy to be back on it's been a little bit of a break with us doing the windsider film study which has been great thank you for everyone who's been able to come on the show so far and for those of you who have watched it we appreciate it. but happy to be back where it all began on the actual podcast so yeah happy to be here yeah people are sick of our face so we went back to just our voice exactly um no, film, we're just room, gonna film room is some genius stuff, by the way. Y'all are killing it with that. Um, appreciate it. Thank appreciate you, it. We got we got a new one dropping uh, same day as we're recording this. Uh, I guess we can say it's Candace Dupree, which is a legend in the WNBA, in my opinion. So very excited to get that out there. Lots of good tidbits. Uh, I will I will hint one thing that I found really cool in doing research. She is one of the only players ever to play in the WNBA against her college coach, Don Staley, which was mind-blowing because I had totally forgotten or not ever known that. Um, that was a really cool tidbit that we learned on that one. But let's hop into the 2020 season, what we know, what we don't know. I'm just going to run down some bullet points. Matt, Rachel, if you guys have some opinions, some thoughts on uh, what we do know so far about this 2020 season, chime in, cut me off. Uh, no hard feelings here. Let's start it off with the one thing that as of now is guaranteed it's a 22 game season to start ideally in the end of July uh training camp is currently i think i've heard mixed reports 14 15 days i personally would expect it to extend a few more days um just because realistically i think all players in the league have had a completely different experience during covid you know you have players like Brianna Stewart who was talking about being in an apartment complex and can't even go to the gym in her apartment complex to train. Um, and then you have players who I think we've all seen on their social media are playing full pickup games and whatnot in gyms. Uh, most of it honestly is, is the difference of players in the South and players in the North of America um, and just kind of the different experiences each state has had during COVID. Um, another thing a lot of a few players as of recording have already opted to not play during this season for a variety of reasons. Uh, Cecilia Zandalosini and Renee Montgomery are kind of the first two names to jump out there. Renee announced it earlier today, but I fully expect more players to opt out. Um, and Matt, give us a little bit of why you think more players are going to opt out. Um, I mean, from from the few conversations I've had, it seems like health concerns are still um, at the top of that list. Uh, there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions and very little time between now and when players 
have to take that opt out decision. I think that's seven days from now. Um, and for, you know, for a lot of players, I, I'm not sure that that risk and that uncertainty is, is worth what they could, could gain from playing. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And then you add into it a lot of, a lot of the players have taken on, uh, you know, social justice issues and it's been a huge focal point. I think we'd be remiss to not even bring that up. Um, granted, we are talking about the league as a whole um, in a different light, so, so to say. But I think, I mean, there's a lot of players that during this time period, health, social injustice have really ramped up on the priority list. And and it's just going to be reasons we're going to see a lot more players sitting out. Rachel, I'm curious for, for your thoughts on this. Are are we going to see, I know a lot of stuff has been set off record and, and a lot of things that like we've heard that isn't official yet, but do you expect big names to be sitting out this season? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, yeah, Renee Montgomery, Chechi Zandalusini, like those aren't giant names in this league. Would you say you would be shocked uh, if you heard of a top 20 player in this league sitting out this season? No, absolutely not. And in my opinion, that's going to be a large majority of it, um, of the group that we do see deciding to sit out. Um, I think it's hard because you kind of have to divide the, the, the teams and, and the players into different divisions. You know, you have some players that financially don't necessarily have to play that they're at a position in their career where maybe they're focused on other things. Um, you know, maybe tail end of their career type of situation. Um, and then you have kind of this newer, younger generation where playing and, um, money and, and needing that, that, um, opportunity is extremely important. So I think it's really difficult to kind of navigate like where that line is and what that means. I mean, it's, it's obviously not black and white by any stretch. This is probably a very difficult decision for every single player in the league. If we went through all of them. Um, but I do think that, you know, you, you do have, um, kind of the players who veteran players been in the league, um, family concerns. Um, I think you have health concerns, um, I mean, you can't deny the fact that, yeah, we are in a global pandemic and, and, and going down and being in a, in a little bubble, um, as we've all been kind of calling it, the positives and negatives that kind of um, can affect someone from a personal aspect and from a physical aspect, um, from a health aspect. I think all of that has to be taken into account. Um, I, I would personally just be very shocked, you know, to see younger um, rookie level type players deciding to, to sit out, not to say that it won't happen um, because obviously each person, you know, has their own reasons, but I think it is going to be kind of more of that veteran um, tail end of the career, um, other areas of focus type of players where this year just to them isn't necessarily needed. Um, and it isn't necessarily something that like has to happen and is super hard pressing. It's, it's okay to skip a season and, um, their career is going to be okay. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting for some of those players who might be on the last year of their contract and whatnot, how that affects contract negotiations, how that affects contract implications for the following season. Um, another thing that we do know is 77% of the players voted yes. Uh, but kind of what we've been hitting at so far on this episode is that is in no way, shape or form an indication of whether or not they will play. That was just voting on whether or not they agree to the offer from the league to the players association. Another thing we know is uh, parents, players in the league who are parents are going to be a top priority with housing. 
Uh, speaking of housing, it sounds like there's going to be two options, either apartment, which essentially you get your own space without a kitchen or a villa where you get a kitchen, but you're talking about like a three to four room villa where you'd be sharing that space with other teammates or possibly, you know, your caregiver and whatnot. Uh, so that's something to be intrigued about. I know I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, the accommodations in that regard, and, and it's I just think a little interesting tidbit there. Um, another thing that we know pretty factually, and, and feel free, Matt or Rachel, jump in and say, are you crazy? But players were not too happy about the 60% offer. Not every player. I'm not saying every player was flipped out about it, but enough that there was players speaking out uh, publicly and behind closed doors about the insult that they felt by it. Matt, thoughts on the 60%? Because to me, it's kind of similar to uh, contract negotiations going on during a free agency period and signing. And, and you give that low offer seeing if, okay, will you accept it um, when you probably assume that you're going to be paying more? Yeah, I mean, it was a cheap shot in, in negotiations, obviously. Um, I think players probably had a better argument for getting above 100% pay than they did for taking a pay cut uh, based on the risk they're taking and um, I agree. just the general uncertainty of literally all of it, because I don't know how much has actually been agreed to um, already. There seems to be a lot of things still up in the air now. So 60% was just never going to fly. Um, the, the, I don't know if any player would have played for um, almost half of what was already probably not enough in the first place. Well, yeah, and just think about it this way. You have a lot of players who cashed in on the new CBA, which is a whole nother thing of like, we've been told and made to believe that the Players Association and the league are on these great, historically great terms after this new CBA was signed. But you got to think, obviously, it's not as great as we thought based on how the second big negotiation of, uh, of Commissioner Kathy's tenure went. I mean, it's just not. But then, like I was saying, you have these players who really cashed in on the new CBA, and then you're telling them, oh, remember how you signed that that contract that a lot of us talking heads were kind of like, wow, why are they getting that much money? Now you're only going to get 60% of that? Like, that definitely rubbed people the wrong way. Definitely. Um, Can I add a another? That? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I think we have to remember, though, that, like, this is a business and that it's the starting point of a negotiation. Um, we've True. seen it a couple times especially with the new CBA where, you know, like, like a, a, a team will come in with a low offer and everyone gets butt hurt over it. I mean, this is business. We're in a global pandemic. Um, I, I'm a business owner myself and just the financial implications that I've had to go through, you know, the last, you know, three or four months to make sure I can navigate this, this really difficult time. And then just seeing how different organizations and businesses are having to do the best they can while navigating this. I, I do, I'm not trying to say that your point is, is not valid. I absolutely think that 60% seems very low. Um, but I think we have to take, I have to take that emotional aspect out of that and understand that, yeah, it is a business and we are in one way, I can't speak for the league and I don't know the exact numbers and all that information is extremely difficult to find. I don't know how the league is being impacted because of this, but um, I do think that like that there's something to be said there. It's obvious that they were willing to go up to a hundred percent. But at the same time, you know, being able to make the right financial decisions for the sustainability of the league and its future, I think um, is important as well. So again, I'm not, I'm not arguing for the 60% and saying that that was um, what I think should have happened. I just think that 
you know, it's a starting point and those negotiations, like they have to be had. Um, and I think that there has to be an understanding on both sides of that. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, another point that, that we've heard uh, as what we know is there will be full salaries for high-risk players. And an interesting part about that is obviously we don't have any players in the league officially uh, who are over the 50 age mark or the 50 year old mark. Although if Nancy Lieberman wanted to hop back into the league or uh, I'm blanking on the name, but that, that one former player who's just been knocking out all the TikTok challenges, if she wanted to join the league, I'd be all for it just for the entertainment value. Obviously I don't think she would be good, um, but full salaries for the high risk players. I've, I've seen some mixed reporting on it, but my understanding and maybe Matt can hop in on this is that it would count towards the salary cap, uh, which is interesting. And I'm curious of, we don't know the full health history of a lot of players. So there might be more players than we think we know that have quote unquote high risk. Yeah. I'm not sure how it, it affects the salary cap. I, I haven't talked to anybody about that, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, the MVP we all, we all publicly know has, uh, has Lyme disease and you wonder if she would qualify for that, um, to get her full pay to sit out. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of players who uh, we probably don't know their full health history and uh, they might choose to take that provision and, and they should. Yeah, and hey, a, a top draft pick in this past year's draft is, is diabetic. So that's another one right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, having a, a young player like that is also something that it, it affects the league, uh, to say the least. Uh, another thing that we do know, and you'll know, there isn't a lot that we know for sure, but... If you have five plus years of service, you can bring a plus one, but they pay the way. I've heard from people that I've spoken to mixed amounts of how much it would cost ranging from $4,000 to $11,000 for that plus one to come. And that's, again, you're paying your way. So you have to think about that. Yeah, you get a plus one, but you know it's going to cost you. What we don't know, and Rachel, you touched on this a little bit earlier, the bubble. When they say bubble... I mean, to me, at least, I understand why they're saying a bubble, but I think it's a little bit misleading. Matt, I know you've tweeted about this a bit. Is it actually a bubble? I mean, there's other events going on on the same campus. There's other people coming in and out. The argument of the bubble is essentially saying that, oh, well, the WNBA players are going to be, what, like 100 yards, 300 yards, half a mile away from that other side of the campus, so we can consider it a bubble. There's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of confusion, at least on my part. So I'm putting that under, you know, the bubble is something we don't know. Your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, um, there are a lot of questions about the bubble. And I think a lot of um, what we're kind of basing it on now uh, is what the NBA sort of came out with, with this system that uh, most people in the, in the hospitality business uh, end of this, whether they're taking care of the hotel or the in arena stuff or serving players food, they're allowed in and out of the campus so that sort of breaks what this bubble has been you know come to be known and i'm not sure if it's the same uh way in in and out with with what the w is doing i don't have that information yet but if it is that's yeah that's another scary um concern because i don't think that you know i don't, I don't think there's a way for the league to guarantee everybody's um health and that's the problem that you know every league's going to have the nba doesn't have the answers to that too you saw Woj's tweet from the other day, it made it seem like the NBA is expecting cases. So that's 
truly terrifying. Um, so I, I totally get why players are strongly considering setting this one out. Well, also, I mean, if we go back to uh, living conditions, you're talking about a player who tests positive and is living in the same, you know, villa with three other players on your team. We could very easily within, you know, a 24 hour period of time have multiple, like almost a whole team be knocked out. Just like test positive, be done for however long. Of a period yeah. Of time yeah. And, and the questions are what happens if, uh, if, if players test positive because the NBA is sort of laid out that a few positive tests aren't going to suspend the season. So what's the limit? Um, what, what happens if a player decides after a, a, even a minor outbreak, I mean, this is a pandemic. What if they decide, you know, they're not, they're not doing this anymore. What happens? I don't know. There's a, there's so many questions. I don't know if you know uh, the answers to them, Rachel. No, I don't. I mean, it's, it's, the more you dive into it, the more overwhelming it gets. Like, it's just kind of like, what are the protocols that are going to be going to be in place? Because yeah, in the NBA, we're going to have cases. We're going to have, um, you know, okay. So like, you know, say there's a game, you know, Tuesday night or whatever it may be, someone tests positive on Wednesday. Well then what's the protocol in place for all the players on that court who made contact with that person the night before? I mean, it's just, it, there's no way to control it. In my opinion, there's no way to, um, contain it, in my opinion, you, you just try to slow it. But I, I'm just very curious to read, you know, just the what is in place for this. Um, and there is a part of me that sits here and I'm like, this is just so overwhelming from a health standpoint, that why are we even attempting to do this, you know, with the NBA and the WNBA, but there's a lot of health professionals and people that are involved in this. And I know it's been gone through with a fine tooth comb nonstop since all this began. Um, but for us, you know, like, like you said, RES talking heads, it's, it's kind of like, wow, what, what's the plan here? Um, and that's obviously the, the golden question from everyone in the country right now, who's a fan of any sport, because, um, there's just, there's just, in my opinion, there's no way to stop it from happening. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I'd echo that. And then also I'd say, you know, I saw some, I think, their heart was in the right place, but misguided tweets or uh, reports that, you know, that the same idea about the type and the amount of testing that the NBA is going to get is going to be passed down to the W or passed to the W. I, I just don't think that's realistic from everything we've seen with the W and the NBA's history. I don't see that happening. So the amount of tests, honestly, for me also is a big concern. Other things that we would like to know, uh, which we hopefully will find out in seven days, like you said, Matt, is who's actually playing this season. And honestly, as crazy as it might sound, still a question that we don't know the answer to, will there actually be a season? And I say that just because of all the things we just spoke about. It's so easy to derail a whole season. At the end of the day, if I'm the commissioner, my thought is, okay, yeah, we're trying to put out a season, but we have to be putting out a good product. We have to be putting out a product that is on tier with what we have done in the past. Obviously, it's going to take some sort of hit. There's going to be players who sit out, but how can we try and get it to that same level? And, you know, there's has to be the thought of there's going to be new eyes on the league. We cannot waste this opportunity to bring in new fans with putting out a subpar or an inferior product. Um, a quick question that I have for y'all before uh, I let you get your last words in and we log out. Matt, I don't know if you saw, but Winsider put out a poll asking the fans, asking people, 
do you think there would be an asterisk next to whoever wins the championship this year? And let me preface it with saying it's with the assumption of a lot of players sitting out. It's with the assumption that during the season, a couple players get COVID and that could possibly derail a whole team. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm obviously not talking about in the, the sense of the league literally on their history books, putting an asterisk and saying COVID season. I'm talking about barbershop talk. I'm talking about water cooler talk. When you're talking to a friend and you know they support the Chicago Sky and the other friend is a Las Vegas Aces fan and one of those teams wins it, you know, do you think it's a legitimate argument to say, yeah, but that was COVID season? Yeah, well, a couple of things. We we obviously don't know yet the full extent of, of who is going to sit. Um, in terms of how it's going to affect the product, I think, you know, if, if it's what we think it is, it, it's going to affect the product greatly. And there are so many factors here, right? Uh, I think the league probably has to consider how it's going to earn its sponsorship money. I don't know if there's a certain game limit it has to hit to get payments from ESPN or whoever else reps the league. And it'll probably have to consider that um, in terms of playing or not, even if a ton of uh, big name players sit out. Uh, my guess is that this is probably going to feel a little bit more like a 26 or 27 and under league. And there'll be a lot of rookies and new faces getting big opportunities. Cause I think those are the players that, um, have more to gain from from playing and especially players who are trying to make money off endorsement deals that require them to be on the floor uh, and things of that nature in terms of the asterisk season i i don't know there's i don't know if my mind has even registered the actual playing part yet just because there's so much that needs to be decided before that i think obviously like big names are going to sit it's not going to feel like the real the real deal it's going to be some sort of uh, modified or, or mini season. I don't know how, how to really call it. And it's just going to be a lot of like, I don't know, as, as a fan, even it's just going to be a lot of anxiety. Like every single day is going to be some new, possibly bad adventure. And I don't know, it, 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 it doesn't really feel right, at least based on what we know right now. So I don't know. I feel I see the, the argument, you know, for the asterisks and everything. Um, but I, you know, I, I guess I, I have to look at this objectively. And, and if we have a season and whoever is playing, like, that's what it is. And that's what's going to be in the record books. Um, so, no, like, like I look at this as any other season, even though we all know it's not just any other season. Because um, I think if you open that door, then you start to, you know, you open up the door for things in the past. You know, well, Seattle didn't have Brandis Stewart. Should we give them an asterisk? You know, I mean... I just think if there's a season and we have a champion, then like, that's what it is. And we just, we keep it very black and white. Obviously this is not going to feel like a, a normal WNBA season um, with the amount of players who I think are, are kind of expected to sitting out. I think it's going to vastly, vastly change um, a lot of these rosters. Um, you know, I think it's funny, you know, a few predictions and rankings have come out already and like, I haven't even allowed my mind to, to go there because here in, two days, it's going to be so different. But you know what? I was, I was just talking with someone about this earlier today. It, it, it's kind of exciting because 
it makes a team, you know, some of those, those teams that have been kind of in the lower pack, you know, those younger teams, the Chicago's, um, you know, a, a brand new group like Atlanta dream and, or even Dallas, a bunch, a bunch of, you know, really young, they're extremely young. It, it's going to be a really, a lot more of an even playing field in my opinion. Um, or it has that potential to really be that. I think to echo off what Matt said about, you know, kind of different signs. I mean, we could have up to, you know, 20, 20, 25, players playing in the league this year that had to go out and get signed that weren't signed, you know, a week ago. So I definitely think that that has a level of excitement, some new faces, um, this next maybe generation, if you will, some potential, um, that experience for some of these young rookies, um, you know, second, third year level players. Um, so I do think that like the excitement is still there from that perspective of what this could be from a competitive standpoint, but I do think that some of these rosters, especially ones that are very veteran heavy, um, could really get blown up here in a few days. Um, so it's hard for me to sit here and talk about a ranking or anything like that. Um, at least I have to wait until after the 25th to really see, you know, kind of who we think a, a favorite is. It's just an impossible question to ask right now. Yeah. Rookies, if you've been cut, stay by your phone. <laughs> you might be getting some calls. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even get into practice squad or how you're going to bring in new players and all of that jazz. Uh, but that's, hey, another episode when everything is completely different in two days, which is why we're going to have to edit and get this episode out ASAP. Matt, last thoughts before we log off. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy, everybody. The pandemic is not over as much as some of us like to think. So uh, stay positive and uh, basketball. We will be back when basketball is ready to be back. Rachel, final thoughts? Yeah, just happy to uh, be able to talk hoops. Um, looking forward to the future, but just like Matt said, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, um, you know, be really um, critical with the decision makings. And, and I mean, let's just keep building each other up um, and spreading all that love and, and especially out there in the um, WBA Twitter world. Um, we're, we're, we're a really strong group um, and definitely really proud to be a part of it, but let's just, let's just keep pushing this forward and, remembering that goal of really amplifying these women. Yeah, and hey, as we always say, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us in the hard work we do covering the W. <laughs>